Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? This episode of Cinema Super Collider, we are going to be talking about the 1978 made-for-TV quote-unquote movie, Ringo. Featuring everyone's fourth favorite Beatle, Ringo Starr. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are some people out there for whom Ringo is their first favorite Beatle, but I think that they're probably fewer and more far between. Ringo was the funny one. Right. Eric looked it up. All of them had things that they were. All of the Beatles had things that they were. that, And it became like sort of archetypes that have persisted to this day in terms of boy bands and, and fly-by-night pop acts and stuff. It was Paul was the cute one. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a cute one. Sure. And uh, John was the smart one. Right. There's got to be a smart one, you know. And George was the quiet one. He's the one, you know, you got to draw out of his shell. And Ringo was the funny one. And that's like, that's how all the girls divvied up their attention among the Beatles back in the early days of the group. And so, and, I don't know. And, and, this Pete, is, and Pete Best was the unlucky one. Yeah. And Billy Preston was the black one. Yes, sure. The fifth Beatle. The well, fifth there's Beatle. so many people. George Martin said he was the fifth Beatle, I think. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone was the fifth Beatle. Yeah. I think not? Apu from... Uh, from uh, The Simpsons said he was the fifth Beatle at why some not? point. Sure. Yeah. Hey, who knows? So, Ringo, the TV movie, why does this exist? Because I'm sure they needed to fill some space during the summer one time. Well, I think it was in, it, it had to be in promotion of a, a new solo album. It, in the special, you see, oh, and this is a star studded special. This of is, course. this has very strange kind of similarities to the Star Wars holiday special in its own. Uh, way in terms of being like a 1970s made for tv variety special that way. includes carrie fisher carrie fisher and art carney right there was no uh there was no harvey corman in this one no but i would i would posit that vincent price fulfills the harvey corman role in this one i would have preferred uh harvey corman to vincent price because harvey corman is, can make anything funny but Vincent Price was pretty funny in this, I suppose. You know who wasn't that funny? The the, the funny one, the funniest Beatle. Uh, oh, George Harrison? No, Ringo. He oh, Ringo. Yeah. Ringo was very flat. He was very yeah. flat in this. In and I was kind of surprised by that because they were in movies. The Beatles had Beatle movies that they were in. We talked about some Beatles movies that they weren't in, but they were in many movies that they they did actually do. Not just the music for. How good were they at acting, though? I when they were not the playing themselves. Be- Beatles? I Well, I mean, it's hard to say because they were always playing themselves. 
They were always yeah. cutting up. Except, actually, I would say Ringo's probably the one that actually did the most acting outside of being a Beatle, because he was in the Frank Zappa movies. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this movie bore a little bit of a resemblance, a very slight resemblance to uh, 200 Motels, and not just because Ringo was in it, but because of like the weird dance routines and such. Were- and sort of like... Like odd irreverent stupidity, right? Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. bad jokes and poor writing. <laughs> bad jokes, poor writing, now poor he, video quality. Yeah, he did that film. He did Two Hundred Motels before he did this. Yeah, Two Hundred Motels was like what seventy four or seventy. Mm, yeah, it was even earlier than three. That. I would yeah. say seventy one or seventy two. Really. So so yeah, he he made his uh, his. I always want to say Terry the Gnome, but that's not that no, wasn't it was what it Larry was. Larry the Dwarf. Larry the Dwarf. Yeah. yeah, Terry the Gnome is a byproduct of last podcast on the left. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so it is. It was kind of a weird forty-five minutes. Yeah, it's it's only forty-five minutes. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. I don't think anybody's going to be angry if you watch it on YouTube because I don't think you can get it anywhere else. Yeah, as I recall, I remember as a little kid seeing this on TV when it came out. And I loved it because I was a little kid and it was on TV. It's mostly songs. It's mostly songs and it has a sort of a, 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 a weird story about uh, identical twins from different families, kind of like a Corsican Brothers kind of, uh, uh, what was that other story? It, was, it wasn't Prisoner of Zenda. It was- uh, Oh, Man in the Iron Mask. Man in the Iron Mask, where there's two identical looking people. It was also in Tale of Two Cities was like that too. Weren't there two identical- uh, people in it. It's, it's a story of two identical people, both played by Ringo Starr in this movie, who grew up under drastically different circumstances. One became very famous and was Ringo Starr and rides around in a limousine surrounded by models and, and models like run along outside the limousine and reach in through the window with a lighter to light his cigarette. That kind of that level of fame. And he's he very bo- he's bored with all of it. He's, he's so bored, bored and overwhelmed with the pressures of fame. Sure. And then the other one was a a lowly nobody named Agner Ratz, which is Ringo Starr spelled backwards. <laughs> just in case yeah. you didn't get it. And he grew up, I guess, in the Hollywood area with a cranky with Art uh, Carney for a dad. Yeah, and a cranky Art Carney as his with dad. violent, like horrible Art Carney as his dad. Yeah, it's like Art Carney, like a like abuser. Yeah, like Art Carney, like, like beats him and yeah, shit. Yeah, he's like an steals his money. Father. Yeah, it's like something out of fucking, locks him in his room. It's like Les Mis. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And uh, he makes his living by selling maps to the stars' homes in in Hollywood. Yeah, California. but he doesn't seem like he actually has any maps anyone wants. No, and everybody hates him for some reason. Because he's a nerd. He's a nerd. They call him a nerd. He says, don't call me a nerd. Strangely, he grew up in California and he still has his Liverpudlian accent. Yeah. He, and, look, I mean, and here's the thing. I, I don't have a problem with that because if you're going to go with Ringo Starr as your leading man in your movie... There's some things that I don't think that you should ask Ringo Starr to try to do, and one of them is an American accent. I don't think he can do it. I just don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I thought it was probably smart that they didn't make him try to do an American accent because it would have been distracting Because you know for what? this 45-minute film. No one cares. Yeah. Literally no one cares. Yeah. He speaks maybe about five minutes of dialogue through the entire film. 
yeah. film, movie, TV thing. He doesn't say a lot no. as Agner Ratz because he's very sort of introverted. He's very introverted and he's very shy and, uh, you know, like. So he's the George Harrison of himself. <laughs> he's the George. And strangely, the movie begins with George Harrison behind a bank of microphones looking as bored as shit and, and narrating the premise of this film. Which Eric's already explained. There's two guys they look like. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is this is the story of what happened with Ringo. And then we see this story play out. Anyway, you see Ringo Starr as Ringo Starr with his like personal assistant, whatever, played by John Ritter. Yeah, John Ritter is, I think, his manager. Manager, okay. right. He's like, come on, Ringo, we got to go to the next recording thing. And you got to sign 10 of these things and you got to write a new song. And you got to do this. And then after lunch, you've got to, you know, the, these are the jokes. People. These are the jokes, yeah. people. And most of the jokes also involve him making not even not even an attempt at a lame pun sometimes just just saying the lyrics to a beatles song yeah and and he even calls it out at one point he's like this is how we're going to get into the song yeah okay yeah he's like oh look at all these lonely people where did they all come from and that's not my song either that's and that's like the joke the you joke know. is, yeah, he, he continuously is saying lyrics from Beatles songs he didn't write, right. nor does he sing. Nor does he sing. Anyway, he's he's fed up with the fame and fortune, and it's not all pretty girls riding around in limousines, people lighting your cigarettes. It's having John Ritter yell at you that you've got 16 things to do in 14 hours. And I, I imagine there's a certain grain of truth to that. It's really kind of hard to sit and feel sorry for multi-million multimillionaire rock stars who are you know drowning in fame and fortune despite being the probably the least talented member of a group but you know you know i suppose it must Look. have been pretty pretty hectic to be riding around having to be damn ringo star all the time even though you're raking in the bucks eh, i'm sure it's it's trying Look, once you have reached a certain degree of fame that is what you are you are a fame creation and you have two choices as a fame creation. You can fade away into the woodwork. But most people who are fame creations don't want that because being famous is kind of fun because people know who you are and they give you money and things. And you get to do awesome stuff. Like, I don't know, ride tigers and go to the moon. I don't know. I'm not famous. I'm only, I'm only podcast famous, which means that occasionally... Someone will walk by me while I'm having a conversation with someone else, and they will look at me as if they know me from somewhere and sometimes ask if I do a podcast. That's about as famous as I got. Uh. Anyhow, so, so yeah, so you have to feed the fame monster. And that means working. And that means, like, you, ha you have to go to the gym so you look good. You have to keep making albums so that people buy them. You got to go on TV and talk to people, even if you don't want to. Yeah. Got to keep that Instagram feed going and the Facebook and the social medias and you got to do interviews and you got to, you know, get up and like go places and don't sit in your underwear and play PlayStation all day long. Wow. See, everything you mentioned in the last 30 seconds is something that didn't exist for Ringo Starr. I know. You know, and that's the fame is so much different now than it was then. Right. There was the it's hard to convey for people in the 21st century who were not born back in the 20th century or not born early enough in the 20th century to remember these times of the 70s and 80s. But with no internet, with all of your entertainment options being restricted to what was on broadcast radio 
and what was on a handful of channels on broadcast TV, that's all you got. When that was the world, the Beatles were so huge. Not only were like the, they the biggest rock group of the time, they were they were like so much more than any other rock group. There's nothing today that can compare Katy Perry or Taylor Swift or Beyonce or I mean these people sell out stadiums. They are colossally famous, but not like Beatles famous back in the day. Beatles, the Beatles, old people, people who hated the Beatles, and it was like obnoxious music to them. They knew all of the Beatles. All of the guys in the Beatles, they knew Beatles songs when they came on the radio. Kids knew them. Adults knew them. Old people knew them. They were everywhere. Being the worst one of four Beatles was a vast amount of fame and fortune. Yeah. You know, Paul McCartney, the, you know, arguably the most talented one of the Beatles who went on to having a really, really uh, great solo career. It, it, it's, it's hard to imagine anybody in this day and age becoming that famous again because there's so many outlets for entertainment and music and video and and everything now that that wasn't available at that time you were you were allowed to get what came to you and the beatles were like in your face for a certain amount of time yeah fame was a finite thing back yeah there was only so there was only so much fame that existed in the world because there was only so many ways that you could get famous be- before I feel like before the internet and before like cable TV really like I think created ca- yeah cable TV was like the first part of first it, bump and then of it the internet was like the death of it yeah as a as a uh, limited resource yeah yeah and now the the thing is is that because there's like I mean I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine about Instagram uh like famous people and I, I mean I'm on Instagram but the idea of someone being famous on Instagram to me is ridiculous. Like, I don't fucking know who these people are, but there are very, there's people on Instagram that are famous, that are very important to people in the world that I don't fucking have any idea who they are and I don't care. Yeah, most of them are like young models and stuff, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, I, I watch people on YouTube that are famous. They're famous YouTubers. This is not a thing that existed before. Eric doesn't give a shit about the people that I watch on YouTube. For the most part, really. For the most part. And and there are a few of them that I watch on YouTube. Well, you watch Markiplier on YouTube all the time. One of the most popular YouTubers of oh, yeah. video games. Now, if you went to like some event or something and you saw Markiplier up close, would you be a little starstruck? Would you feel a little bit like, whoa, this is a, uh, you know, I'm going up to talk to somebody famous. Maybe I shouldn't no. do it. No. I, no, I wouldn't feel like they're famous. Or the guys from Red Letter Media, would you go up to them? Like if Mike was from Red Letter Media was well, like hanging I, out, would you go up to him and go, hey, you know, I really I, but I love But we kind of did that at B-Fest. Yeah. Because they were there. Well, I did. You, you didn't. Uh, that's true, because I didn't want to bother them. Yeah. Well, I didn't have the feeling like they were famous, like regular famous, I, like what you're saying. No. I'm just saying that I, I think no, that there no, might be- No, no, they're not. A, there's like famous with a capital F. Right. And then there's famous with a lowercase f. Mm-hmm. And like famous with a lowercase f is what we have nowadays. There, Everybody honestly is famous with a lowercase f to a certain degree, because you're yeah. on the internet. Well, we're all famous. on the fucking internet. There's like lowercase famous, and then there's like uppercase famous, which would be like uh, 
what was it? Justin Timberlake, let's say. Or Oprah. Oprah. Or Oprah. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. And then there's like, Oprah is all caps famous. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. There's like caps lock famous. Yeah. Oprah is caps lock's famous. Yeah. Oprah is probably the closest. Ellen DeGeneres is caps lock sure, famous. Sure. I would say that. David Letterman, I would say too. Sure. Uh, oh, Barack Obama uh, is Barack fucking Obama. caps yeah. lock's famous. Right. This is the closest thing we have in this day and age to as popular and well known as the Beatles were as just a rock group back in that time. Yeah, I guess. Everybody knows who Oprah is. Everybody knows. Some people like her, some people hate her, some people never saw her show, but everybody and by everybody I don't I mean not everybody. But everybody knows who Oprah is. Sure. Everybody knows who Barack Obama is. Everybody yeah. knows Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, these are people that everybody knows and their their fame transcends all media, but they are very rare today yeah i mean i would say like as far as like music goes like i think of beyonce is somebody that everybody knows i'm sure right. every old cranky old person has probably heard single ladies at some point even if they can't identify that that's a beyonce song yeah probably you know like so, i think yeah. I, there's a few but but i think your point is is valid i i don't think that fame works the same way nowadays as it did when the beatles existed yeah there's 20 different ways to get capital fame and there's about five different ways to get caps lock fame and there was like only two ways to get caps lock fame back in those days which was you know i guess it was i guess it was three there was movies and then tv and then radio so the beatles also had some very successful movies so that's that's part of what well, they they, they worked what was at that point in time social media every outlet they could be in they were in they were in magazines they were in teeny bopper magazines they were on the radio, they were doing interviews, they were on Ed Sullivan, they were making their own movies, you could buy lunchboxes. They they had they were working every outlet they possibly could. Yeah. 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 And I think we talked about this on the Beatles episode that we did way back when uh, the podcast was young and sprightly, but the 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 when they appeared on the scene, it was like an earthquake. People were like blown away when the Beatles showed up on this Ed Sullivan show, which was like a really, really popular, like, uh, it was sort of like uh, one of those competition shows that they got now, like uh, so America's Got dance. Talents or yeah. something. You know, they, they showed up on this show and everybody went bonkers and was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And you listen to it now and it's like really like. Uh, I want to hold your hand. I but at the time, it didn't exist. It was like, here were these skinny guys with like long hair. And by long hair, I mean, not even, <laughs> yeah, even long floppy, hair. Floppy hair. It, I mean, it wasn't, an, hipster hair. it wasn't an Eisenhower crew cut. And it flipped the people out. And it, and it revolutionized music. And you listen to it now and you go like, wow, that's pretty. I, it sounds like the opposite of revolutionary. Anyway, we're, we're, we're talking about Ringo, and Ringo is probably has been for my lifetime thought of as the least talented member of the Beatles. You know, I mean, that's I mean, and that's kind of it's kind of a mean thing to say because he's a, he is a talented musician in his own right. He's a drummer. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and he I mean he's he can sing. I guess I don't know. I mean. He's got, he's got I'm, I'm more shrugging. number one hits than any of us do. Yeah, I'm yeah. shrugging. I mean, you know, like, I mean, what, yeah. you know? Well, I, I remember there was a, a, somebody was interviewing John Lennon about the Beatles or something at some point and said, uh, uh, well, do you, you know, it's come up that uh, Ringo Starr is the best drummer in the world. Do you think he's the best drummer in the world? And he said, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Meaning that, you know, him or Paul could probably play drums better than Ringo could. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Mm, I, yeah, and but the thing is, I don't know. And it's been kind of recently, 
maybe not that recently, five or 10 years ago recently, that there was a, a little bit of a, a renaissance, a reappraisal of his significance and his abilities. And they went on to say that, well, you know, what he did was very, very simple and very, very straightforward, but try to replicate it yourself. It is a little bit tricky and try to keep in mind what he was. He was an important part of a group that was mega, mega, mega famous. And what that group didn't need was Keith Moon on drums. No, they, they would have fucked it up. They needed somebody to keep time. Yeah. It's, look, look, as someone who, who has played in bands before, both of us have played in bands before, the rhythm section of a band is there to keep time. Like, that's, it's the, the heartbeat. It's important. You don't want a bass player or a, a drummer to get too fucking fancy for their own goddamn good, because really the thing that you need them to do is fucking keep time, because that's kind of their job. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they can't also do fun things like solos and have riffs and stuff. That's that's great. But the main like the thing they got hired to do was to play the the time. That's what they're there for. Right. And what people had gone to what had happened was as the music as pop music and rock music evolved from the 60s through the 70s, drummers like Ringo and uh, let's say Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones who played very very basic background backbeats and stuff in the in the sort of rock setting started to be replaced by more and more talented guys. You had uh uh let's say Alan White or uh Bill Bruford in Yes or you had uh, Keith Moon or you had, uh, there, were, there were like a whole bunch of like super good drummers. And then shortly after that, you had the punk movement, which said, fuck all of these really, really fancy playing drummers. We don't want to hear that bullshit anymore. We don't care how good you are. We want a good beat that we can dance to and rave out to. And we don't want to listen to that bullshit anymore. So Ringo's kind of style of playing, if you want to call it that, kind of came by, you know, back around, around yeah, yeah came back around by itself without necessarily giving ringo credit because he didn't invent playing a backbeat behind things of no. course not but at some level that's all you really need and it's hard to keep a rock star ego in check enough that he can sit back on your multi-platinum selling records and just play his little drum part and shut the hell up yeah and it's hard to get yeah. It's hard to get. How many bands break up because of internal friction among the members over star power and whatnot? And they were able, well, and they, I guess they did. That's what happened to the Beatles. So, well, that didn't really have anything to do with Ringo, though. That had to do with, uh, you know, egos between songwriters. Yeah. You slash frontmen. Yeah. You had two absolutely like colossus level uh, uh, egos. Yes. Titanic level egos. And then one enormous ego in the ter- in in John and Paul were the Colossus, and George was just Titanic or just huge, or yeah. whatever. And then you had Ringo, who was like, mm, I just gave the impression that he was sort of glad to be around. Yeah, you sure. Know? Well, and now, I mean, now he's Thomas the Tank Engine, so he was for a while. Now his bands tour a lot, and he sells out huge places. Ringo's All Star Band plays. They go on tour all the time, and they play a bunch of old hits from the Beatles and from Ringo Starr, and he has various people on stage with him who were famous at the time, who also, they run through some of their songs, too. Like, at the end of this special, we saw playing with uh, Ringo Starr was Dr. John. Yeah. 
You know, he might go through town in the, in the Ringo's All-Star Band, Dr. John, and they'll do a few Dr. John songs. Oh, man, Dr. John is a trip. I love Dr. John. Yeah. But the older he gets, the fucking crazier he gets. I, I don't know. I think his brain is broken from drugs. Yeah. He's just... I was telling Eric, he was on a, he was on an episode of Top Chef uh, judging hot sauces that the contestants made, and like they would present him with a hot sauce to try, and they'd be like, oh, so what do you think of it? He'd be like, this hot sauce is like wapadoocious on your tongue, and it's flapdacious shabadoo. And you're like, what does that mean? Did you like it or did you not like it? And then like they just kind of shrug and like bring the next contestant up. They'd be like, here you go. Here's another hot sauce. Oh, this is, this is a flapadouche. Wow. Huh. Those aren't words. You didn't say words. Yeah, he went from being like that early in his career, the night tripper with all the... With all, he was like, you know, from the Muppets, the, the piano player from the Muppets was based on him. Yeah, with the gold tooth. With the gold tooth and all the like with the his, top hat and the hair and all that sort of thing. Like Mr. Teeth or something? Well, yeah, they, he called him Dr. Teeth. There, Dr. Was a band, there was a band called Dr. Hook. Yeah, at the Dr. Time. Hook, which yeah. has Shel Silverstein songs that they used to do all the time. Uh, yeah, Dr. Hook was a very popular band at the time. I am M- Most famous for a guy that was like, I guess the guitar player. I don't think he was the main singer. He had a, an eye patch he wore. I think it was because he had an eye problem. I have no idea. They but, did the they did the song on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they were ever on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Oh, Dr. Hook might have been. I mean, they did, were, were they? Yeah, they were big. You oh, don't hear okay. any stuff from them today. But that was the song that they did that that they sang Sylvia's Mother. Remember that, which one? was written by Cheryl Silverstein. Oh, was it really? Yes, it was. Oh, and the operator says fifty cents more. Anyhow, what, what he, uh, uh, Doctor John, started out as like the night tripper. He had all of this like mysterious, like like voodoo songs and songs about walking on golden splinters and like strange, mysterious things coming up. And then he kind of went into this phase where he's like, "Well, I'm a jazz piano player. I learned all of the great." from all the great New Orleans players, Pine Top Perkins and blah, 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 and started like having a serious career as a serious piano player. And then I think he just abandoned that whole thing and just said, well, I'm just, I'm just an old, crazy New Orleans musician now, and I'm just going <laughs> to oh. not necessarily get back to the roots, but just sort of let my freak flag fly. Oh, my God. He's, so, he's just bonkers. He, doesn't even, he can't even complete a sentence with words anymore. Anyway, they, but we didn't watch the Dr. John fucking tv movie which i would i would totally watch that movie because god it would be like alice in wonderland but with with old blues jazz men falling out of things in new orleans and like the fucking mardi gras indians would probably go by and instead of throwing beads off of the off of the top of the bourbon street like the apartments they just throw pills at you just lots of pills and Dr. John would be there, and he'd be making no sense whatsoever with his, <laughs> with his cane and his rings. He's got, like, rings on top of rings on top of more rings. He wears more rings than anyone I've ever seen. More than Ringo. More than Ringo. Yeah. Ringo, I don't think, had any rings on. He had one ring in that movie. What was that called? Uh, Help? Oh, right. Yeah. The ma- it was a magic ring, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like a magic or ring. A or a cursed ring or something? Something. I don't yeah, recall. I can't remember. Anyway. anyway. So so the story of the thing goes like this. So so uh, Ringo is uh, being uh, yelled at by his manager to like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And he's like, oh, I don't like that. And he looks outside and happens to see his double, Ogner Rat, sort of fuffing around. And he says, hey, come over here. Here, do you want to co-? He brings him into the studio and says, hey, look at this recording studio. And he's like. Oh, wow, this is really nice. He says, okay, I got an idea. Why don't you change places with me? 
And he's like, oh, I can't really do that. I don't know anything. Well, it's like we're all together. It's like we all live in a yellow submarine. Cut to a oh my God. dance it's, number. It was a dance number out it's, of nowhere with like not. It's like the NBC orchestra was playing the song. Yeah. Right? You know, like, it was like Sergeant. It was, it was Yellow Submarine in Pepperland, I believe, is the actual instrumental track. Okay. And uh, it's like the. The traveling show of the Wiz now on Broadway is now doing Yellow Submarine in Pepperland. Yeah, it was like, this weekend only. Yeah, get it your was, tickets now. Remember on the Star Wars Holiday Special when you had those little dancers around that were doing like the little thing, like the was that the, the baby Wookie was watching them. Oh yeah, not that wasn't the porny thing with the. With no, 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 that wasn't the porny thing. That was the one where the baby Wookiees watching them and they're doing like some weird little circus act. Yeah, like, it's totally like that. Yeah, it is, and that's the moment where like Eric's like, "This is like the Star Wars holiday special." Yeah, it, what, it's, why are we watching this? And it it has and Ringo and Hognar are like in there, sort of. Posing. In, in, but they're posing. So it's like there's dancing, 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 dancing. And you see them sort of off to the side. And you see Ringo just sort of like gesture. Like, here they are. Mm-hmm. And then like, then they're sitting under a tree. And there's dancing, dancing, dancing going on around them. And then like Ringo gestures. Like, here they are again. It's very Busby Berkeley, oddly enough. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the uh, the nonsensical um, uh, lady with the tutti fruity hat in uh, uh gangs all here which is a carmen miranda number or the weird ballet numbers in uh uh, uh the zappa movie uh, 200 motels yes either of those yeah, yeah it's it's fucking weird yeah. and and to but me, it's not it's not so weird that it's like cool it's just it's, it's just, just bizarre bizarrely out of place because like you're sitting there and i started thinking i was like this is on broadcast tv like why why is this on broadcast tv like yeah. did was was mother did did Mother and Father America think like my TV watching needs more nonsensical modern dance with guys from the UK gesturing in it? Mm, yeah, really. So so and then and then that just goes away. And yeah, it, and then it just goes away. It's but, just like boom, done. But, but We're when done. It, but when it stops, they have changed clothes with one another. So he's like. All right, so you're going to stay here, right? And he's like, I don't know. I don't really want to say. And, and Ringo tells Ogner, he says, just tell him you're on break. Well, what if they ask me to do it? Just tell him you're on break. But I don't know anything about just tell him you're on break, right? Yep. Yeah. And so then Ringo fucks off to the streets because he's going to go try and find like the strip where kids hang out. Yeah, because right? Ringo's a kid. Ringo's like 40. Yeah, I had no idea how old Ringo was here, but I don't know either. Whatever. So he's he's, he's, does that. he's not a kid. Let's put it that way. So Ogner's hanging out, pretending to be Ringo Starr. Right? Ringo goes out to out to the strip, and there's a bunch of kids kids who have uh, like a cherry like '56 Chevy, like with fire on it. That's and and like all like you know drag racered up. And he's looking in the window going, gee, I'd like to drive your car. And they're all making fun of him because they think he's Agner Rats from the neighborhood, right? And it's like, hey, nerds, stay away from my car. Who told you I could touch, you could touch my car, man? I work work hard on my car. (laughs) Don't touch my car. (laughs) I work hard on my car and you touch it. And Ringo just like pulls out a hundo or something. He pulls out a- Who knows? He pulls out some- He pulls out money. Some fat stacks of money and says, here- let me drive your car. And the guy's like, yeah, fine. I'll you can drive my car. So he's driving along. And uh, who should he pick up but his girlfriend, Carrie Fisher? Yeah, Carrie Fisher is in this as the girlfriend, quote unquote. This is this is the year after Star Wars, right? Star Wars was 77? Yeah. 
So this this was Carrie Fisher's playing sixteen. She ain't sixteen. Well, well she would have been because she did Star Wars when she was nineteen, I think. Uh, so so she would have been twenty. Mm, well, that's pretty good. Ringo was thirty-eight. I just looked it all up. Right, so it's well, not so. creepy at all, guys. It's mm. not creepy at all. So so he sings, "You're sixteen, you're beautiful, and you're mine." Yeah, none of those things are true. Yeah, it, that is a song full of lies. It was one of Ringo's solo hits, though. It's a, and you know what? It's a catchy tune. Yeah. Is it, is it a, I, I mean, I don't know that I would call it like a super hit, but it's a catchy tune. Sure, why yeah. not? Yeah, they play, they don't play all of Ringo's greatest hits. I re- vaguely remembered that all of Ringo's hits were in this. And Well, what are all of Ringo's hits? Well, It Don't Come Easy is probably the, his biggest single hit. I don't know that one. Got to pay your dues if you want to sing the blues and you know it don't come easy. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. And then the one, the no-no song. No, 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 I can't take it no more. I'm tired of waking up on the floor. Um, no, thank you, please. It only makes me sneeze. She smiled because I did not understand. Then she held out some marijuana. Uh-huh. She said it was the best in all the land. And I said, no, 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 I don't smoke it no more. I don't know if I know that one. Makes it hard to find the door. He had a bunch of hits, like they were kind of almost novelty hits. But well, Ringo is kind of almost a novelty. Ringo was good at writing kind of like dumb, simple, 
country lyrics. Well, it's like a, a really basic pop star music, you know. His, I mean, his big Beatles songs were what? They were Yellow Submarine, Octopus's Garden, Octopus's Garden, and uh, Get By with My Friends, right? Little the help from my little friends. help from my friends. Yeah, which he sings in this one. Sort of, it's sort of like a weird acid trip, though, when they do that one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and so and so he sings, uh, "You're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine." Uh, in kind of a creeper, creepy stalker way when they zoom in on his face because it's flat. Like he has a flat affect while he's doing it, but he's supposed to be like looking at Carrie Fisher like very closely, and so the camera's sort of like zoomed in on him, and it's like, uh, no, it's done in an uh, odd animation effect. Please don't. Please which, stop singing. And they, then they zoom in on her face, and like her expression on her face is like kind of frozen, smiled. Like, eh, I would like to get out of the car now. There's a man that's singing at me, and I'm afraid well, they probably I'd had like a lot to go. Of, they probably had a lot of good drugs together. I'm sure there's a lot of coke going on. Yeah. This is the coke days. Yeah, Ringo didn't seem very coked up at all, but you never know. Well. He might have just had tolerance to it. Who knows? Who knows? But then, okay, so so um, Ogner gets uh, a, a, a he's he has to play Ringo Starr, and there's a last minute gig for him on the Mike Douglas show. Which is- and, so, uh, Which was a show that was popular. It was a daytime TV talk show hosted sure. by a dude named Mike Douglas. Yeah. It, there was a lot of episodes, and maybe not a lot, maybe two, a few episodes on Seinfeld where, uh, uh, what's his name? Kramer. Kramer. Kramer had stolen the Mike Douglas set or something like that. I don't that. believe that he stole it. I think they threw it away and he took it out of, he dumpster dived it out right, of the right, alley. Right, right, right. And he put it in his living room. And, and he so set like, it up in his room and then he would have people on the show. Right. And and if you wanted to visit his apartment, you had to be on the show. Right. You were on the show. That reminds me of my friend Scott used to be with the radio. It was just like that. But yeah, so so he goes on the Mike Douglas show and makes a real fool of himself. And uh, so, and, and Ogner happens to be watching this on TV. No, no, no. No? No. Ogner's the one on the show. Oh, yeah. Ogner's on the show. Ringo's watching it on TV. By this time, he's locked up in- Because he is accused- by his by Ogner's father of stealing a car, and so Ogner's father s- locks him in the in his room as punishment for stealing the car. Right, and Ringo is his. Uh, our Carney thinks Ringo is Ogner. Right, because that's kind of the point. Yeah, and Ringo's sitting there watching the TV, watching Ogner as Ringo fuck up the appearance on the Mike Douglas show. Yes. And Ringo, the real Ringo, is going like, shit, I got to get back. This is going to this is gonna wreck my career. Yeah. And right? the entire time that they're doing the Mike Douglas like thing, it's very much like a Zappa-like segment, I feel like. Because he's yeah. like sitting in the wrong chairs. And he's yeah. getting like too close to people. Yeah. And it's all very much. Yeah. Frank Zappa used to do that kind of shit and annoy the hell out of people. Do all that kind of stuff, and it is similar to the 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 kind of weird identity thing where there were several different people dressed up as Frank Zappa in uh, three two hundred motels, where it was Ringo Starr as Larry the Dwarf as Frank Zappa, right? And then there was a period of time when that was there was Zappa was on the Monkees. And Zappa was playing Mike from the Monkees, and Mike was playing Zappa. Something and they were like answering that. one another's questions. Sure. And so there's there's a weird element of rock stars wanting to do that at that time. Or rock stars were weird, and they were on a lot of drugs. Yeah. Which made them weirder. Yeah. And I the, another I think sub like sub thing of fame is that you get so famous that you're bored. Because normal people things are not fun anymore, so why wouldn't you dress up like your friend and pretend to be Larry the Dwarf 
and then go on a talk show and act weird. Because what else do you have to do? No one's going to tell you not to. No one's going to say, no, you're fucking famous. Yeah. Of course you can dress up like a dwarf and say you're somebody else and sit in the wrong chair and, and wear your pants backwards and shave your head like Britney did and, and fucking throw things out of your hotel room from the 13th floor and, I don't know, hit a girl with this shark. It was a shark, right? Um, I think the you're talking about the mud shark? I'm talking about the the I think it was Led Zeppelin with the shark. No, that thing? was the vanilla fudge and and Frank Zappa sang a song about that and no they inserted it into her vagina. I thought they hit her with a shark. No. They, they fucked her with a shark they, shark. Oh. Okay. That they caught outside out the they window. They caught it out the window. I right. knew that. Right. I knew that I knew that they had caught it because mm. it because the hotel overlooked the the bay or whatever. Yeah. 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 So that was go. a that was a whole tangent just I just right. Well, because famous the, movie, the movie essentially winds up at this point. I mean, the, it, the it, two winds of them, like, it winds up with a girl getting fucked by a shark. No, no, no. The movie winds up with, with Ringo TV. and Agner getting back together and realizing that they don't want one another's lives. And then Ringo going on to play his show and telling Agner, well, since you're good with maps, you can be my new tour manager. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, let's so just, like, we'll wrap that one up real quick. Like, okay, up. everybody's happy. Wrap it right up. Wrap it right up. And then Ringo plays a couple of songs I didn't know, and then it's just over. Yep, it's just done. Uh, would you recommend this to people? I mean, why not? Yeah, I guess. It's free. It's on fucking YouTube. You can watch it. It's less than an hour. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um. I, well, I guess here's the thing. Do you like Ringo Starr? If I, the answer is yes, you should watch it. I like Ringo Starr. I wish it had more of Ringo's better hits in it. I think it, it could have been better. I remembered it from being a kid as being much better than this. Well, it's, I mean, look, Eric, I, I don't know what you are expecting out of broadcast TV movies, but I mean, it had dancing in it. It did. It did. And a few guest stars. We forgot to mention Vincent Price plays a hypnotist and does some useless shtick for about five minutes. Uh, and there's another dream sequence and stuff. And we, we, it's not important to get into it, but... Uh, I don't know. It's I guess it's of its time. There are other things that are like similar sort of shows from the seventies that kind of reflect this the sort of like ver- t- TV variety special thing that they used to do back in those days. I don't think any of them ever had the Beatles on it. This is the only one that ever had the Beatles. Well, and, a, like and a, of of the Beatles, you mean the two Beatles that were willing to be on shows like that. Yes, yes. And and, and I'm pretty sure that George Harrison lost a bet to Ringo and that's the reason he was he on the show. He had the look of a man who was chained to something and was thinking about gnawing his leg off rather than fulfill his obligations. He didn't look happy to be there, no. No, he really didn't. He just really looked like, oh, I should really stop gambling with Ringo late at night. I should really not. I really should know better. I should really stop doing a lot of things with Ringo. But Maharishi told me I should never bet with Ringo. Yeah, he cheats. (laughs) And that's our little Liverpool. Yay! Free drinks for everybody. You got to drink twice, because I did a shitty Ringo impression, too. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. 
you can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. 